if people like you, nothing else matters. And that was told to my friend who had a 2.8 GPA and was a political science major and got to a final round interview with every major hedge fund. What is up, everybody? This is your host here, Michael Sakand, founder and creator of Our Future. We are the go-to podcast and media brand for young professionals looking to immerse themselves in the business world and we are your watering hole for all things business you'll learn from some of the brightest minds as well as young people who are starting businesses and trailblazing amazing career paths and they will share exclusive insights on how you the listener can do the same and before we kick things off today i have an exciting internship opportunity with a startup to announce if you live in los angeles and are interested in marketing. My friends are starting a pretzel company. Yes, a pretzel company. The packaging is sick. The branding is gorgeous. And they have a hilarious story behind the two mascots, Mr. and Mrs. Spretzel. They're launching a stand off Melrose Avenue, LA. They're going to be giving out pretzels and selling them on the street. And they're looking for someone to create some funny and awesome social content to make them blow up doing this. It's going to be crazy. So email me, michael at ourfuturehq.com if interested with a little resume in there and tell a friend if you think they'd be interested as well if they're super creative and love to make shit blow up. Today's episode focuses on one of the most exciting and competitive industries for recent grads, and that is product management. It definitely meshes nicely with Tuesday's interview with Marcy Daniel, Chief Product Officer at Power School. And accordingly, you're about to hear from Philip Ruffini. He's a graduate of my very own Michigan Ross, and he's had several internships in product management. He has a business called Hacking PM, where he helps other people land the product management jobs they want. And he actually just left his job at Microsoft as a full-time product manager to dive into his marketing startup. Really interesting. Can't wait for you to hear about it. This was a fantastic interview, and I think you'll love all the secrets and insights within it. All right, give me give me thirty seconds. Who are you? Where are you from? And yeah. where did you where did you get interested in business and tech? I'm from outside Philadelphia. Neither of my parents went to college. Uh, always wanted to start my own business. Thought you needed a lot of money to start a company. I originally wanted to do investment banking, so I pretty much only applied to undergrad business schools that had like investment banking jobs, like Wharton, Ross, Stern. Uh, <clears throat> ended up getting an internship at the infamous startup Juicera. After my freshman year. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah, squeezed it was, to death. It was squeezed yeah, to yeah, death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They raised uh, over $120 million, went bankrupt in about two and a half <laughs> years. I was the second intern there. Uh, it was really? unreal. Like the amount of connections that I've made there that I still use today is just like absurd. So um, the Juicera Mafia is what we're calling it right now. Uh, I don't know about that. But I mean, so what they did is they hired a lot for pedigree, not fit. So like the head of product, sure. Malachi is absolutely brilliant, was the inventor of the Amazon Fire Stick uh, and the Amazon Echo. Uh, he reported to the person below Jeff Bezos. Like he was, they had a really good team. We, we could talk about this for an hour, but anyway, well, we could. it was we there could. like my experience in tech that I kind of learned, like you don't need a lot of money to start a company it really matters what you do because that was the first time I really worked 60 hours a week full time on something. And I realized like what you do is really important and kind of learned about product management there. And that's when I decided like, I want to work in tech. I want to be a product manager. How did you land the job at Juicera? Was it a cold email? Was uh, it a I mean, that's, random that's, that's serendipitous a, that's, thing? Yeah. As a freshman quickly learned, it's hard to get an internship. So I helped organize a career fair for startups, at the university of Michigan. There you go. Learned about Juicero and asked them to come then organized a Q and a panel with the recruiter from Juicero, put myself in charge of moderating the panel and there you put go. her seat next to mine. 
This is the lesson I want to bring up. Indirect networking is extremely powerful. If you set up events, if you moderate panels, if you put yourself in positions indirectly to meet fantastic and well-connected yeah. people, you'll end up like Philip, who got his start in the tech world working at a highly venture-backed startup that had so, a lot of buzz around it. Recently, I tried to get a hold of an influencer, so I bought their domain. Their name was like Taylor Offer, so I bought TaylorOffer.com. He posted about how I got a hold of him on LinkedIn. Uh, the head of a billion-dollar company asked me to be their head of product after that. But he saw it because he's like, hey, I want someone with your creativity and hustle. The he head of a billion-dollar company asked yeah. you to be his head of product. Right. Tell me this company. Yeah. What is it? it I would rather not say because now the founder of that company is going to be an advisor for my business, but he just reached out to me and was like, hey, we're looking at for a head of product. Um, okay. And you're like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. Yeah. And, yeah, and we're going to get much. to that. We're going to get to yeah. that. So let me let me get to PM here. What is product management? Uh, can you just kind of define it quickly and then get into what you actually did while you were working at Microsoft as a product manager? So product management is incredibly broad. It varies. It, it, the best way I describe it is it's kind of the combination of business, engineering, design. And then at the same time, the three main skill sets are basically having a vision for what's going forward, uh, the ability to get things done, and then be able to communicate across a variety of parties, customers, different employees, different teams. So those are kind of like the six things that I describe product management. Uh, and yeah, so that's ultimately what it was. What I did at Microsoft was specifically, I was on two different teams and completely night and day different experiences. The first one, I was on a backend team in Windows. It was very slow process, six month engineering cycles. Uh, and essentially what I did was I managed a service and then I owned a product. So for the service, it was kind of checking the data on a regular basis, making sure the service didn't go down, uh, communicating with the external parties that use the service. And then for the new product, it was basically figuring out, hey, this is a problem. Like, I think building this can solve it. And that was a product for external customers that were telecom companies across the world. And then I ended up switching teams onto a new, like, confidential project at Microsoft because I wasn't necessarily happy. I wanted something more fast paced. For sure. And we, we ended up building a product for automotive companies. So I literally got a pitch, the C-suite of an automotive company. No way. Because, yeah. And that is that so was cool. A, yeah. So that was, that was absurd. That was, I got really, really lucky. I had a good manager who was like acknowledged why I didn't like where I was and helped me switch to a different team. And yeah, we basically, that was a lot more because it was enterprise. It wasn't like, Oh, let's do a bunch of research. It was literally like, Hey, like this is our idea. Let's build out a pitch deck for it. Just walk up and pitch a moonshot to a company and be like, we're working on this awesome tech and we want you to have a piece of the future. Kind of, yeah. So a bunch of these automotive companies came to Microsoft and were like, hey, we want this. So our team was basically like, all right, like let's put together a proof of concept. Let's make a demo. Like let's pitch them on this business model Gosh. and this plan. Talk about entrepreneurship, right? You can yeah. still be very but, entrepreneurial working at a big company. But it's not the same at all. Like that that's what I learned. Like anyone who's like, oh, like I worked in a startup inside of Google, you still make like six figures and get a paycheck every two weeks. Like this. And, and you don't own your work. So that's yeah. one thing. Yeah. Yeah. So my project in about middle of November got canceled. And they were just like, we're not gonna do this anymore. And I literally just didn't have anything to do for a month and a half. Like, and that's just incredibly demotivating. It's really unfulfilling. It's not fun. That that's essentially what happened. That's what and happened, then, and that's why you chose to left, correct? Well, I kind of, I never planned on staying at a big tech company. I was more just like, I wanted to go learn Launchpad. the brand stamp Launchpad. Yeah, because basically working at Google, Facebook, you can save almost a hundred thousand dollars per year if you manage your finances well. So like you build a really nice financial cushion, which I think is super mm. important if you want to start your own business. I have friends that have no savings. I have friends that have huge savings. Like 
being able to defer raising money for your business because you don't have to is super, super. I've interviewed a lot of fantastic entrepreneurs who began their career at a Bain or a Google in these big systems, learning a ton really fast and then moving on from there to change whatever industry they wanted to do. Let's just briefly cover the recruiting process for uh, Microsoft product management or just product management more broadly. You created a business called Hacking PM. Uh, a career-focused service helping people land those dream jobs in product management. So could you just give me an overview of kind of the moving parts? Like, first off, what are some of the resources you people typically use to prepare? Are there like a couple of main books? And then how does the process kind of move forward? Yeah, incredibly competitive process. Facebook RPM gets about 8,000 applicants and they take somewhere between 20 and 30. Uh, so crazy, crazy hard process. My suggestion is start in about May, read all the books, Decode and Conquer, uh, hacking, P- uh, Cracking the, the PM Interview are the two really good books. Uh, you should all buy the course Hacking PM, but I'm going to put all the course up for YouTube for free um, awesome. anyway. Good for uh, but yeah, Surprise. so start learning as much about the process as possible as May. Start your mock interviews in June and July. Uh, the PM interviews are three process, like three interviews. It's a behavioral interview, a product interview. A product interview is like how to design a phone for a blind person is a question Google asks. And then depending on the company, there'll be a third interview, either like a coding interview, technical strategy really varies based on the company, but it's usually always behavioral, always product. Uh, Typically about three interviews for each company. There's a lot more companies doing product management recruiting now than we're like, they hire undergrads for product management uh, than when I did, but it's usually like a 15 minute phone interview, uh, an hour long video interview, and then a final round interview. And all those stages are different. But ultimately, what I think it comes down to is that the best way to prepare is to build a product from scratch. I was just in a clubhouse room listening to people talk how to get into break into PM. Like your job is to basically build things, right? So it's like, really good example. One of my friends is the CEO, like is hiring their first product manager, their company's doing really well. He told me like, Philip, we want to hire a product manager. I'm not hiring anyone that hasn't built a product themselves and got at least a thousand users for it because they just don't it know. Makes sense. Like, why it am makes I going to want to teach them to do that? So I think the best way to like in my all my interviews, I always talked about my business and I bought office supplies in China from bulk and then just sold them online. But it still had those core skills of like having a vision. Being able to communicate yep. across different parties, absolutely, and then being able to get things done, right? So, so this, you can do yeah. that by starting a club, literally by starting a podcast, like you are. It's just going through those cycles of putting something out in the world, getting feedback, and then making it better and showing iterating upon it. That, iterating. Yeah. I feel like a yeah. lot of product management is iteration and continual development and, and cycles in that yeah, in exactly. that regard. Brings me back to a, to a convo I had with Shaker Ramaswamy, who worked at Instagram and as a machine learning intern at a very highly funded machine learning startup here in Silicon Valley. You know, it's all about. Uh, he said, you know, don't wait to get to a big company to start building things. Just build yeah, things. Totally agree. Yeah. Pepper, fill your resume full of launches and failures and the occasional success. Like, just do shit. Just do and build yeah. stuff. It's all about how can you make yourself stand out against a thousand other people. So for me, I knew my core strength was behavioral interviews. So I just made sure my other interviews were like acceptable. And I just made sure I was the best behavioral interviewer. Like I walked into one of my interviewers and they were wearing athletic clothes and they were really tall and skinny. And they're like, and they asked me like, oh, how's your day going? 
I'm like, oh, it's going pretty well. I ran my first marathon two weeks ago, so I'm still a bit sore from that. They're like, oh, I run marathons. Did you actually every run the marathon? Year. Yeah. Okay, you did. Yes, so you yes, did. Yes. Okay, I, cool. I, I don't condone say, lying. Yeah, it's a little, little like, fishy there. Oh yeah. no, I don't condone lying, but uh, I, I like knew to bring that up, right? And then we literally talked about marathon running for 20 minutes. And then mm-hmm. during my interview, she's like, oh, like you're doing amazing. Keep up the great work. Like I've heard good things about you all day. Like I like no one else is gonna do that. Right. Yeah, you're doing so a great job. I mean, you've done a great job in this interview so far about advancing what you believe <laughs> and who you are. It's great. So that that's like what I personally really tried to focus on was just being the best behavioral interview possible because I knew that's where I could compete. And I just did so many mocks that I was figuring out what everyone else was doing and how I could be better. And then unintentionally like didn't really share that's that. That's interesting, man. I feel like people are like, I need to be the best technical interviewer, but being the best behavioral interviewer, that's just showing your massive and fantastic personality, making it seem that this you are a person that they want to grind with 12, 14, 16 hours a day. So the best, one of the, another really good piece of advice I got was if people like you, nothing else matters. And that was told to my friend who had a 2.8 <laughs> GPA and was a political science major and got to a final round interview with every major hedge fund. And fantastic. he's like, yeah, dude, they just liked me. Uh, and he's like, if they like you, <laughs> No, it does, the rest doesn't matter, right? No, if you um, can be a if you can be a chameleon and you can have people like you, you're going to be pretty well yeah. off in this world, man. And nobody wants a robot. Nobody, nobody yeah, wants yeah. a robot. So, Philip, we've we've really gone the gamut here. You shared some really valuable advice. Please touch on the business you are now founding because you left Microsoft and yeah. you're going about your own dream and aspirations as a founder. It started with me interviewing solo entrepreneurs. I was going to make a dashboard to manage their financials, uh, decided it was like a nice to have. No one really wanted it. Uh, and then a bunch of people were like, we want to engage better with our customers. So we ended up coming up with this idea called Fluence, and we're helping companies turn their customers into brand advocates. So essentially what we're doing is we're automating brand ambassador programs through text message. So if you really like a brand, you can text a number and then start taking part of campaigns monthly, post about the brand to get rewards, and then use that for in-store credit, discounts off products, or actually get paid when people use a referral code. So the goal is to be a more active version of a refer a friend type program and give customers the ability to actually like be a part of a brand and take part because there's companies doing community groups and there's just not a lot of engagement. So that is our goal. Nobody really wants to read an email. No one wants to go to a portal. That's why our differentiator is text. And uh, we'll see how that goes. And we're launching our first few pilots this month. This is super, super interesting to me as someone who set up a campus ambassador program a few months ago. So I really think there's a lot of value. I think text is kind of an unexplored vertical. There's a lot of potential there, a lot of firepower there. So just to end things out, round things out, what is your hypothesis about the need in the market for this product? I talked to a girl for 20 minutes about her shampoo and she tells everyone how much she loves her shampoo and that they should use it and that it's amazing. And I think there is one to 10% of all of your customers that are talking about your product for 20 minutes that you don't know about. www.tryfluence.com. Ladies and gentlemen, that was Philip Ruffini, former product manager at Microsoft and the founder of Trifluence. Check out Philip's startup at the link in description, especially if you're a startup looking to engage on a deeper level with your customers. He's starting with e-commerce brands. And the last thing I'll say is, can you please drop me a review on Apple Podcasts? It's one of the most powerful levers to grow a show. I've been studying other podcasts and those that grow the fastest are the ones with the most reviews on Apple Podcasts. I can't do it without you. 
Every single review means so much to me. Some recent ones came in, for example, from superfan Aaron Gill. So please drop me a review on Apple Podcasts, five stars. It takes less than 60 seconds. Have an amazing rest of your week, everybody. Episode 100 is about to drop. Stay frosty.